Welcome, friends. I'm your host, Darina Gilmore-Young. And I'm Sean Young. And you're listening to Episode 6 of Walk, Run, Soar, a podcast about the intersection of faith and running. We help runners and walkers who lack purpose with their exercise routine or lack of routine and long to experience God in a more meaningful way while they walk or run. Today, we're interviewing my friend and fellow mama, Emily Allen. She lives with her husband and seven kids in the Pacific Northwest, and she has a really inspiring story about how she cultivated a new habit of walking every day in 2020, and she's already walked a thousand miles this year with her family. Friends, thanks for tuning into our podcast. We are here to run with you, to pace you and to inspire you with weekly devotionals, scripture, interviews, and quick coaching tips in about the time it takes you to go for a short run or walk. So pop in your earbuds and listen in. Each week, I'll be starting off by sharing a short word of encouragement from scripture to help give you a cool drink of living water before we go into our interview time. And today our theme is walking with purpose. So I have to tell you this story. When Sean and I first started dating, one of the things that I noticed that he did that was a little quirky is that even when we were in public places like grocery stores or just walking around outside, he would always swing his arms. And it was very deliberate. It was not part of the way that he walked, but he was very intentional about swinging his arms. And I asked him one time, why do you do that? And he said, oh, well, I'm just practicing my arm form. And he actually um, later, as we started to coach together, we coached cross country and track and field for our kids who were in elementary school at the time. He began to teach the kids the same principle that we have to walk with purpose. And one of the ways that you walk with purpose is you have to be very deliberate with your arms, having good posture and swinging your arms, which allows you to move your body forward. And so even the slowest kids on our cross country team, we noticed that they would start to swing their arms and it would propel them forward and it would actually get them to the finish line. We would remind them, we would call out to them, arms, arms. And this was one of the ways that we could get them to finish the race, even if they were tired out. So I want to talk a little bit about this idea of walking with purpose. And if you look in the dictionary under the word walk, it means to advance or travel on foot at a moderate speed or pace. So if we think about this in a spiritual sense, walking with God means to abide in him to obey his commands, and to keep that kind of deliberate pace that it talks about in the dictionary, following God's lead, being consistent and advancing or traveling forward. So if we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, we see that Adam and Eve, they were walking with God in the garden. They hear God walking, and there is this deliberate description of God walking which tells us something very specific about him, that he simply wants to pace with us, that he wants to walk alongside us, that he's not just God of the universe up in heaven getting ready to zap people for sinning, but he actually longs for relationship with us. 
This is the all-knowing God, the God who is everywhere. He longs for personal connection with us. He wants to walk with us. And we see the same theme all throughout the Old Testament. If you read accounts of some of the people of faith who are in the Old Testament, you see that they were walking with God. In Genesis 5, it talks about Enoch and how he lived a total of 365 years walking with his heavenly father. And in Genesis 6, 9, it talks about Noah walking with God. It says Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. God was Noah's pacer, and he gave him this assurance as he built the ark with no sign of rain on the horizon. Noah trusted God because they walked together. And another example is Abraham and Isaac. They were characterized as men who walked with God. And we see that in Genesis chapter 48. And then as we venture into the New Testament, we see the apostle Paul who urges the church of Ephesus and really all of us who are reading his word to walk with purpose in a manner worthy of the calling God has given us. Paul writes this with passion from prison. He writes this in his letter to the church of Ephesus, to the Ephesians. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he says this, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. That's the message paraphrase, um, which describes Paul's call to action that we would walk and we would run with God. Whether you're a walker or a runner, I just want to remind you that you are called to walk with God. You are called to move forward with purpose and you don't need to walk through this life alone. So let's be known as men and women who walk with purpose and walk with God. I am so excited to introduce one of my dear friends, Emily Allen. She is the founder of Kindred Mom, which is a blog, and she also hosts the Kindred Mom podcast. And she has a very inspiring story to share with us about how she started this new practice of running, oh, no, walking in 2020, and how she actually has walked a thousand miles. So before we get to that story, I have to brag on Emily a little bit here. She is an amazing writer. She actually has a new book that she has edited and contributed to that is just being released. And it's called Strong, Brave, and Beautiful Stories of Hope for Moms Mm -hmm. in the Weeds. And I had the special privilege of getting to read an early copy of it and endorse that book. Emily has a passion for soul care for moms. She loves to invest in women and moms and encourage them. And she lives with her husband in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm going to turn it over to Emily now, let her introduce herself a little bit so that we can hear this inspiring story. Will you tell us about your family and where you live and just how you spend your days? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Darina. I am really grateful to be here, and I live in Seattle with my husband and our seven children. 
Um, my kids range in age from one and a half to 14. And so I am a very busy, on my toes mama. We homeschool and right now we've just been hunkered down for the stay at home season. And that is one thing that has given me a, a sort of different schedule to be able to walk as much as I have this year. And I'll tell you more about that in a few minutes. Emily, I hear you have an extraordinary story of how you just transformed your life and started walking this year. Tell our audience about like how that yes. all began. I feel like I have to give some backstory because I years ago, I loved walking for exercise. I did it all the time with friends, especially it was social time on top of movement and getting moving for the day. I did that prior to the birth of my fifth baby and was in super great shape. I really enjoyed it. Where's an area here in town that uh, has a lake that is paved path all around it. It's about a three mile um, run or walk, whatever you choose to do. And I used to do that multiple times a week with my friends. Come time I had about my sixth baby, (laughs) as there's so many children involved in this story. He was born at home and he was over 10 pounds. And there was something in that birth process that really really messed up my lower back and my pelvis and my uh, ability to walk for exercise after that was really impeded for about four years. I was not able to walk beyond just to the car and back or through the grocery store. Anything longer than that caused me a lot of pain that would last for days. It was not something that I was able to do, even though I wanted to get back to that practice and I wanted to, but I just really couldn't. And so I felt really lost about how to recover some semblance of any kind of physical activity because I'm like, if you can't walk for exercise, what can you do? And so I just really struggled through that for a long time. And then fast forward a couple years, two years ago when I was pregnant with my seventh baby, I ended up with a pulmonary embolism, which is just a crazy sideways thing that I did not expect to happen. And I was hospitalized and nearly died. So all these big dramatic things happen. And since that time, I have been in a very slow and very steady journey of trying to recover just what does it mean to be strengthened um, from the inside, from the the very most basic levels of my rest and my movement and my time with God. And it started with very small baby steps last summer, uh, about a year ago. I started walking through my neighborhood as a just way to cope with the anxiety that I was experiencing at that time. And I could only do 10 or 15 minutes at a time. So they're very short, really just a block or two around my house. And slowly over time, around January of this year, I had enough stamina and endurance to be able to go more like a mile at a time or a mile and a half. And so I just started increasing that. January is when I really started going every single day. Then when quarantine started towards the beginning of March, I started going to sometimes three times a day, which was just one of our ways of coping with um, not being able to go any other place uh, for just interaction and time outside. And so that's how I have made it here to over a thousand miles, which is pretty amazing even to me. And I just didn't know a year ago that I would even be able to do something like that. That is truly amazing. And Sean and I coach a lot of runners and they are definitely not at the thousand mark for this year. I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really love about your story, and you hinted at this a bit, 
just with that last question is that you are not just walking for exercise or for Mm -hmm. the sake of losing pounds or something like that in the goal that there is something a little bit deeper. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you could share a little bit more about that walking being part of your soul care. I think for myself, it's taken me a long time to realize that all of the various sides of who I am as a person, all of those things need care. My mind, my body, my spirit. I think in other seasons, I was really focused on just really accomplishing as much as I could accomplish, or I might have been hyper-focused on a particular goal or weight goal that I wanted to maintain. Um, And I think right now, I am no longer trying to single out any single thing. I'm trying to see myself as a whole person with multifaceted needs that need to be tended. And this is a few years ago, what I started exploring is just the idea of self-care not being something that you can escape, you know, what your responsibilities are to like get away. But self-care is an intentional cultivation or a um, paying attention to all the areas of our lives that really need some kind of investment. So for me, soul care and my own well-being has been multi-level in the sense that I've been recovering from seven children, childbirth, (laughs) and, you know, what my body has been through with that. Also, the near-death experience that I had has been emotionally really taxing for me just to process that, I I did experience that, and I feel like it's even two years later, it's still a very present part of my sorting through what is God's purpose for my life, and and how has He equipped me to flourish where I am right now? And you're absolutely right in, in seeing that it's about something that's much more than just getting moving so I can get my exercise in for the day. I'm not just checking a box. It is something that I know that every minute that I spend outside walking and moving my body is actually connecting me with God more. It is time that I use to either listen to my Bible, the audio version as I'm walking, or uh, sometimes I listen to worship music. For me, it's a space that brings peace and calm. And that's been really important part of healing from these things that I've been through because uh, my peace has been very deeply disrupted um, through some of those things. And At the same time, God is strengthening me and has given me endurance that I did not know was possible after everything that I've been through. When do you find time? You have seven kids. Yeah. Is there a time a day that you just carve out and say, this is my walking time? Or actually, maybe a couple times a day, as you mentioned. Are they on board with this? Do they come with you? They they do. Our whole family has really been transformed through this process, honestly, because my husband is also on his own fitness journey, and he's lost over 140 pounds in the last year, which is really pretty impressive. (laughs) And uh, and he's doing rucking with a weighted backpack, and he's just loving it. He really enjoys it. There are multiple things that have made this work really well for us. One, the kids do come with us really often. So sometimes I will just take the ones who are interested in coming and the others will stay home and watch cartoons because I have older children um, who can keep an eye 
when I'm just mm. in the neighborhood like that. Yeah, and that's sure. amazing. Sometimes we have everybody come and we this year invested in scooters and bikes oh, and yeah. helmets and all the things that go <laughs> with yes. keeping kids yeah. moving. There are times that I do go by myself with seven kids along and we have some systems in place for like they can ride ahead. We do ride and walk on the streets and not on the sidewalks because uh, we don't fit on the sidewalks. <laughs> it's actually pretty yeah. funny. Um, yeah. And yeah. so they will ride ahead and stop at the corner. They don't cross streets without me. And they all know that's the, the rhythm that we do. We do the same route uh, pretty much every time unless we're feeling extra adventurous. So they know what to expect. And I feel like they're not all taking off yeah. out of sight where I can't yeah. catch up with them. Uh, I love when they're on wheels because I can go as quickly or as slowly as I want to go for that day. Yeah. There are times that one or two of them might decide, I just want to walk with and talk with mama. Sometimes it's really a great time to connect with the kids. And there are times that we do leave them all at home and my husband and I just go by ourselves. And that's been a really <laughs> restorative time to just talk. I feel like we talk about different things than we ever used to talk about over the phone when he's like driving home from work or just because it's with your walking two or three miles that's a good half hour 45 minutes that is not yeah. interrupted with a screen or a child so those are the things we've done I would say the second like tip that I have if you have multiple kids you're trying to get moving with you we got fitness trackers for all of our kids for Christmas oh. um, last year which was prior to COVID-19 prior to us being home quite this many days in a row and they just love being able to see oh I got all my steps goal for the day and sometimes they will decide whether they want to walk or ride their bike based on if they've gotten their steps goal for the day which <laughs> I just think if it's that one little thing that helps them be excited to get on the move with you and it empowers you to be able to get moving I just think it's really a worthwhile investment. That's some great advice. I like how you yeah, just painted a picture for us. And I'm sure for some of our listeners, we're all in different family situations. But like you mentioned, this COVID pandemic time has really mm -hmm. disrupted rhythms and caused families to create new rhythms. Mm -hmm. I know that's been true for our Absolutely. family as well. Absolutely, We have three girls and our youngest is eight and then middle girl is 11. 11. I have yes. to think about that for a second. <laughs> and our oldest is 14, especially in the spring when they were doing school online. I, I made a practice with them similar to yours where we would go out together and they were on wheels and I would run. And I loved that I could actually run with them. I did not have to push them in a jogging stroller, which I've done <laughs> for many years. And we could just pace together. Sometimes they would ride ahead or behind but I could also go my pace and not, you know, be dragging someone along. So I love yeah. how you guys really embrace that. And it's super inspiring because you had seven plus your husband <laughs> that you were doing yeah. that with. Yeah. Sometimes Sean and I go on date runs together. Right. And like you said, we get to have a little bit deeper conversations that way. We know that you are also, or it seems like you're a goal-oriented person and you maybe have some kids who are goal-oriented, especially with the trackers. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about making goals and just how that also has been a motivation for you in this walking exercise journey. 
I tend to be someone who has goals in bursts. So I might have a really productive time or a season that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do these 20 things that it's very ambitious, always a little bit over the top. (laughs) And I sprint and I can knock a bunch of those out all with the same momentum. But then I kind of go into a dip zone where I'm just like, oh, I just don't know if I can have the gumption to stick with these things. So I would say in the last couple of years, especially through the really deep, hard things that I've been going through, I have been really working towards consistency being my goal as opposed to in the past distance was my goal. Five years ago when I started walking for exercise, I my original goal was to walk or run 10 miles a week every week for the entire year, which I met that goal at that time. And that would have put me around a little over 600 miles for the year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was super motivated. I was sharing it on my blog every week. Whenever I'd write, I'd be like, I did my 10 miles this week. And that social accountability was helpful. At this point, the distance is a little bit less important to me than do I go every day? And mm-hmm. if I don't go every day, if there's a good reason why I didn't go, like mm-hmm. I was not feeling well that day, as in like sick, um, not excuses. <laughs> um, there are times where I feel like if I'm feeling especially stressed or if I'm feeling especially down or feeling in that low spot of anything, I just have promised myself, well, before I take a nap or before I try to zone out on TV, I'm just going to go walk a mile and mm-hmm. I'm going to put some music in my ears that is going to uplift me and I'm just going to go. And most of the time, if I start, I'm not just going to walk one mile. I'm going to walk two miles, maybe three miles. And I feel like the commitment to consistency for me has been much more beneficial than I'm going to try to get to 2000 miles by the end of this year. That'd be amazing. (laughs) And I could potentially do that uh, at the pace we're going right now. But at the same time, I'm just really holding to my go every day. Mm -hmm. And the consistency, um, I think that's really been serving me well this year. Yeah, I think consistency goes a long ways as part of any training or running program or walking program. Yeah, Yeah, because there are times too that I just realize that I actually am feeling so good. I want to continue going and I feel like my endurance is built more out of a desire that this Mm -hmm. this is serving me well as opposed to I have to do this in order to meet this goal oh I don't really want to do it (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing this because I am enjoying it I am benefiting from it and I see those benefits day in and day out and so I feel like learning that consistency does not have to be drudgery. Honestly, I'm so flabbergasted at my own progress at this point that I'm just excited to be going because it's like more miles on the chart. That's something to celebrate. I love how you said consistency is not drudgery. That is so good. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of runners that we've worked with and even for myself, sometimes it's just about getting out there. So I loved how you shared that mental process of if you're feeling a, a little bit low or you're struggling with something just to give yourself that little goal of, okay, I'm going to just walk a mile and get out there. And then it it pushes you to that next mile. That's awesome. I want to dig a little bit deeper here 
and think about that intersection of faith and walking. And we've alluded to it a little bit, but that's exactly what our podcast is about is thinking about that whole person, thinking about the mental, the physical, and the spiritual aspect, but also thinking about how when we get out and we move through walking and running that we get to connect with God. And I'm wondering what that intersection looks like for you. You've shared a few things, but if there's anything more you'd like to share on that. There's a thought that has come to me over the past year, especially, so last summer was my season of dealing with anxiety at a level that I had never experienced prior. And it was so significant and so disruptive to who I was or who I felt myself to be. I sought out seeing a therapist for a season that was just really beneficial for me. And one of the things that we talked about is just how passivity in any respect, is the source of so many of our spiritual and physical and emotional problems mm. that mm. that our willingness to just accept this is just how it is or just mm. kind of excuse <laughs> things. I do think that passivity is something that we have to keep our eye on. And mm. for me, that now looks like instead of just passively accepting that I don't feel great today, Instead of just accepting that, I I just intentionally respond to things in my life, especially in prayer and my time in the Word um, and trying to connect with God. Instead of it just accepting the sorrow or the grief or the, the things that I am experiencing, I want to move through them. The action and the movement and the, in spiritual terms for me is communication with God is mm-hmm. active prayer and active listening in prayer um, to the things that God is speaking to my heart. And I do think that it works itself out in my physical body. That's one reason why I am physically moving every day is that I am not willing to just accept and passively be like, okay, this year is horrible in so many ways. And there's just so many things that we have lost or missed out on or are grieving or things that we feel are unknown or uncertain for the future. And I just don't want to let passivity steal this beautiful time that I have with my family, this beautiful time that I'm being given extra margin that I'm not racing around town trying to make it to 20 different classes a week with my kids or meeting with people and all the things that were demands on my time prior to this season. And it's a simple time and it's been a time that's full of a lot of emotions, but I just think the intentional connecting with God and and seeing the movement being the place where um, he is at work in my life. And that is evidenced in my spiritual growth and well-being. That's evidenced in my physical growth and the endurance that has come through this season. So it's been a really powerful part of my own, you know, learning that God does not when he's asking us to be still and know that he is God, that he's not saying sit down and don't do anything and yeah. just be passive. He's not asking for passivity, that it's more of inviting his peace and intentionally responding mm-hmm. to his invitations. So That's such a good nuance. That and is. I think sometimes we do get confused in thinking like when it says to be still, that we need to physically be still, but it's more of that quieting of our hearts, mm-hmm. that opening mm-hmm. of our ears. And I've learned that in my own life too, just as you were saying, like you, it helps you to move through the grief yeah. or to move through those hard spaces mm-hmm. or 
even the situation that we're in right now. I know some listeners will be listening to this hopefully after this pandemic is over, but there's still something to be learned from that we have Mm -hmm. to move through, not ignore the pain, but we have to move through it. And movement of our bodies is one of the ways we can do that. So I love how you articulated that. What other words of encouragement do you have for, say, someone who wants to get started running, walking, or just moving that has been helpful to you? Yeah, I think that every step matters. And if you can only walk around the block that you live on, and that's all the farther that you can go, even if it's a really desperately hard season like I have just been through, I just see every one of those steps as a step toward victory, a step toward Mm. growth, a step towards freedom from the limitations that I perceived that I had for myself, because if I were myself to try to imagine what my limitations are now, I'm going to walk those limitations right down in this next couple of months. (laughs) And uh, I just, one thing that it makes me think of is I had a girlfriend like probably a year and a half ago who was all of a sudden just like her light switched on and she was getting fit and active and had lost a bunch of weight and was getting toned and was strong and energetic and really playing with her kids a lot, doing things that she didn't prior to that season Mm. do. And I remember looking on at that going, oh my goodness, I could never do that. That will never be me. I basically was acting like my life was over, like my good years are gone or something, which is ridiculous because I'm in my mid-30s. So we're just going (laughs) to celebrate. (laughs) Life is good at whatever stage you're in. But I did not know it was possible for me to gain a level of endurance that would serve me the way that it is now. And I'm not even running. I I don't know if I will run in the future. There are some parts of running I find a little bit less appealing than walking is is gentle to me. And it's like (laughs) something that feeds my soul. And maybe running will be that. I feel like what my husband and I have been experiencing this year is that every time we've been doing three miles a day, now we got to do four miles a day. Now we got to do five miles a day to like get to the point where you're escalating your activity level, you know, whether it's by adding weight for him and his pack or distance it's just funny because once you begin to experience like your endurance being built then you do want to push yourself more Mm -hmm. absolutely and go a little bit further and or try a little bit harder but those small incremental victories each step I just feel like every step matters and if you will allow yourself just one trip around the block or just make one mile your priority to celebrate every small victory that you have really goes a long way in the grand scheme of things. I love that. Just every step has a purpose. Every step is marching you forward to, to victory. That's such a great attitude. And I I feel like I need to put that on a t-shirt or something. (laughs) Every step matters. It's so true. And we've done some training with people who are walking or running a marathon for the first time or a half marathon. And even in my own training, you feel like that first day, oh, there's no way I'm going to get to this finish line. But if you have that attitude of every step matters, I think it is that thing that just can keep us going to the next, to the next. And they always say that the first step is the hardest step. And I think as you alluded to, that first mile, you're like, oh, do I want to do one mile? But after you do that first mile, additional miles just continuing to roll on (laughs) after that. Yeah. 
Emily, we love your story. Thank you so much just for sharing it. And I think it's really great for our listeners to understand too, that it doesn't mean we all have to be elite athletes or have the Olympics in our sights that even just in our everyday going along, whether we have seven kids or zero kids, that there is a way to incorporate this idea of walking and running and really giving glory to God on the way. So thank you for being a great example of that and just for being our guest today. And I just wanted to ask one final question is just how can we support you? I know that you are a writer, that you're a podcaster. How can we and our listeners support you? If you are a mom or a mom, I would really love for you to share Kindred Mom with them. Kindredmom.com is their website. And the book that we're releasing this fall is just full of stories of motherhood and overcoming struggles and challenges that are the everyday normal motherhood things. I think that moms are constantly building their endurance and their patience and their resilience through hard things. And these stories, I think, are going to be a real blessing and encouragement to moms who just feel like this is a really hard season. And so uh, at kindredmom.com slash book, you can find specifically information about the book and would love for you to share it with the moms. Perfect. We will definitely link those in our show notes. And Emily, thank Thanks again for just taking time out to share your story with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much. This week's coaching tip is about how to walk with purpose during a marathon. In a marathon, if you're going to walk, walk fast. This will save you considerable time in your race. Pump your arms as if you're running and walk tall without slouching. Before we close today, I just wanted to share a few more details with you about our book. Walk Run Soar is a 52-week devotional and training journal designed for runners and walkers who long to experience God's presence in a deeper way. As they pound the pavement or traverse the trails, Walk Run Soar gets you moving with a new motivation, knowing Jesus more every step of the way. And so our book includes devotions. You could read one a week or you could read them for 52 days in a row. It includes practical running and training tips like the one that Sean shared earlier. It includes training schedules and advice on how to fuel your body well. There's also reflection questions and some space to journal so that you can record not just your running progress, but also your spiritual growth throughout the year. So whether you're new to running or you're a longtime runner or walker, this is an inspirational devotional to motivate you to hit your fitness goals while strengthening your faith. So we're going to link this book in the show notes, of course, and we hope that you would order a copy and maybe gift one to a running buddy or some people in your running group. We also have a free online community called the Glory Chasers Christian Running Group. You can find us on Facebook. We'd love to have you join us there where we serve up courage, coaching, and community. It's a great place to meet other runners and walkers and receive encouragement for your training. This was episode six of the Walk, Run, Soar podcast. 
We also want to invite you to subscribe to our weekly Glory Graham newsletter, which always includes an inspirational story that I write and recommendations for great books, videos, music, running tips, and more. And you can connect with us and subscribe at DarinaGilmore.com. I'm also at Darina Gilmore on Instagram. So don't forget to subscribe to the Glory Gram, to this podcast, and to leave us a review because this is what helps other friends find our podcast. Thanks for joining us today, friends, and we hope that you will join us again next Wednesday for the next episode of Walk, Run, and Soar.